BG Mania, a video game music podcast for September 16th, 2020, is presented by leveldowngames.com. On with the show. You're listening to Mulgara from The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker, the HD remake version, released September 20th, 2013, composed by Hajime Wakai. Weekly video game music and discussion podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. I'm Brian, and if you're new around here, what we like to do on the show is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes. Each and every Wednesday, myself and a special guest will sit down and chat about a particular topic, theme, game, or composer while listening to some really excellent music. Then on Saturdays, we'll have another episode up for your weekend listening pleasure that is slightly different from our normal Wednesday episodes. Some weeks it'll be a musical review. Other weeks, you know, it might be something else. (laughs) It'll always be on the shorter end of things, though, so listening to both episodes weekly should keep you under two hours. Do us a quick favor. If you don't mind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever listening to us and leave that five star rating into review so we continue to climb those charts in terms of search results. Quick reminder that we are currently in the process of republishing 10 of our older episodes that vanished in the move over to anchor.fm. Feel free to listen if you want to take a trip down memory lane, but for everyone else, these are just for cataloging purposes. Today on BG Mania, I have the absolute joy of sitting down with Bedroth, host of Very Good Music, a video game music podcast alongside his son, Shoot Kapow. Bedroth is someone that has been supporting not only BG Mania, but the entirety of Level Down Games since our early days. His support has meant the absolute world to Jessica and I, and all the guys have become good friends with him through our Discord server interactions. We're going to be exploring the theme of cell shading on today's episode, which is a beautiful art style that has been featured in numerous great games with equally stunning soundtracks. Before we kick to our discussion, let's take a listen to our first block of music. You're listening to Gravity Days from Gravity Rush, released June 12th, 2012, composed by Kohei Tanaka. Thank you. 
You're listening to Brighton Beach Invasion from 13, released November 18th, 2003, composed by Alcus Argyriadis. You're listening to Battle from Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, released January 22nd, 2013, composed by Joe Saishi.
All right, and we are back, and I am excited to be sitting here and joined this episode by someone who I think has been listening since the early days of this podcast. But not only that, he told me once that we inspired him to make his own show, and that was just one of the coolest feelings in the world. <laughs> Bedroth, <laughs> you are here with me this day. It is so great. I am. This feels like it's been a long time coming, and I am super excited to uh, finally be joining you on an episode. I have to say, I kind of thought that when I uh, finally joined you, it would be for that Naoki Kodaka episode I've been bugging you about for so long. <laughs> you know what, man? And it's something that I want to do, too. We have we do those, you know, composer appreciation episodes, as we're calling them now, with the most mm -hmm. recent Tim Fallen one. But I do have Naoki Kodaka penciled in for next year. Uh, but because we're to the point now where I, I really want to start trying to bring people in, I really want to try to set Kyle up with an interview with Naoki Kodaka. That would be so amazing. He's been out of the game for so long. I know. That... And I think that it's time we try to do something. And Kyle, fluent in Japanese, willing to do interviews for us in that regard. I want to try it, but I can't guarantee anything. <laughs> of course. Of course. A lot of those guys can be can be really, really hard. To I don't even know if I can with. find Sometimes him at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I'd love to try, man, because I know you're a big fan, uh, potentially... Naoki Kodaka up there in, in terms of your favorite composers of all time. Absolutely. I actually was just talking to my uh, son and, and co-host on uh, my podcast, uh, Shukapau, about how I had finally, I think, determined my actual favorite BGM composers, and the way I did it was just going system by system, which actually only works up to a point, because when you get to, like, the Wii U, that generation, everything beyond it, there's just so much good stuff that you can't narrow it down to one person. But on the NES, without question, Naoki Kodaka is is my top guy. Um, just pound for pound, every soundtrack of his on the NES, I just, I love the heck out of the whole thing. And um, I can't really say that about anybody else. Uh, everybody has at least some clunker somewhere, even Koji Kondo. Um, so, uh, well, hey man, you have uh, legit got like a network going on. And I think it's only gonna get bigger from here. Uh, you obviously know how to, put something together and keep it growing and you you know how to play the long game and kind of be patient and just let things happen organically and i think that the uh um you know the the success of level down games especially over the last few months is a testament to that so yeah i appreciate i appreciate you saying that man it's definitely it's been a journey it's been a wild ride it's been a very very crappy ride at times but we're finally you know starting to actually get somewhere with everything and that is kind of like a, a nice feeling and cool. man, cool. it gives me this opportunity to sit here with you now that we've changed the format <laughs> of the podcast, now that we're bringing in a rotating second chair every week and you and I get to sit here and chat about cell shaded games today. We do. And um, I was wondering, how long have you had this on the, you know, the, the mythical list that you talk about that you've, <laughs> you've <laughs> the you've mythical list ideas. is is it's massive, man. Like I said, I literally do have a schedule penned out that starts with next week's episode, the one we're recording now. So I guess technically would be this week's episode, but cell shaded. And then it goes down and it ends on December 29th, 2021. But I have like ideas penciled in every single week of like what I could do that week. Now, granted, 
and things move around often and I ship things around. But after that, I have like uh, here uh, games franchises that deserve an episode. Then I have like 30 things listed. October, I have like 15 or 16 ideas left for October episodes. And then I have ideas. And then under that, I start with A's and it's literally in alphabetical order. And I have another 70 some ideas penciled in. So I constantly keep like an idea running of like themes and that kind of stuff. And one of the things that I did when I started BG Mania was that I literally just wrote down, OK, it would be cool to do episodes based on like action adventure games or RPGs and, you know, kind of like the simplistic things that everyone kind of does when they first start out. And then you get into like, OK, well, I'll, then I'll do the art styles like cell shaded and 8 bit, 16 bit, et cetera, et cetera. So cell shaded has been on the list since the beginning. We just have never actually sat down to do it. And it's crazy because some of my favorite games of all time are cell shaded. You know, I had not even really thought about think categorizing this as its own sort of like subcategory because so many cell shaded games exist in so many different gaming genres. Um, and so I've never really consolidated them in my mind before. But when you talked to me about this idea and I started looking online and really getting in my mind, what what does cell shaded mean, which may be a nice segue in a second, uh, but it really kind of opened my opened my eyes to what what this means. And then when I look at the playlist, you've got I mean, you know, opening up with that, uh, the, the Wind Waker track. I honestly think it's classic. one of the best playlists playlists we actually put together. Like this playlist is strong from top to bottom, man. There's not a single track that is disappointing at all in this. <laughs> and they're from such different games. I mean, we've got, we've got The Legend of Zelda. We've got Nino Kuni. We've got friggin' Mad World on this list. I mean. It's, yeah, it's Killer so Seven, Kala Juarez, <laughs> Jet Grind Radio, man. There's so many awesome like genres and games that have existed in this cell shaded, quote unquote, sphere of gaming. And yeah, you mentioned The Legend of Zelda and The Wind Waker initially. And I know when you kind of submitted your list to me for this idea, because you do have six tracks coming up that we're going to listen to. The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker is where my mind instantly goes, and I think that's probably true for 95, maybe even more yep. percent of people. Yes. It was the <laughs> because it's the most me. mainstream. Like, it's the it's the biggest one that's ever been cel-shaded. The Wind Waker and Okami were the two that came to my mind. Like, oh, yeah, Okami, which we're surprisingly not playing anything from today. But uh, Okami is another massive one. Yep, yep. And then as I continued to look, I was like, oh, yeah, that is, too. And oh, yeah. That, and, and then, oh, wait, this is I never even thought about that. So if you had to, like, sum it up for people who maybe don't have their head wrapped around it, what does cell shaded mean? Like when we talk about cell shaded graphics, what are we talking about? So shell shade. Uh, I always have a hard time saying it, too. Cell really shaded. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stumble through that a lot as we talk here. But cell shading to me, like. The first thing that, again, my mind goes to the Wind Waker. So I think not necessarily cartoony, but also not like photorealistic. And it's something that has always stuck in my mind when back at Space World 2000, when they showcased the um, initial trailer 
for what was just called Zelda at the time, running on GameCube architecture. And then the very next year, I think it was at E3 or maybe it was Space World 2001, I can't remember, where they showcased the Wind Waker for the first time and everybody lost their mind. Like, oh my God, like this is not what we wanted. We want that realistic right, link. Like, where's that, that? I remember that GameCube trailer, the first one, and it was Yeah, impressive. people were pissed, man. People were pissed, which, you know, eventually people would get that on the GameCube slash Wii and Twilight Princess. That, that did become that. But uh, the Wind Waker was such a like drastic change from what we were used to. And I and I, it wasn't probably, definitely was not the first cel-shaded game, but it was the one that really brought it into the mainstream. It really was. And it was, it was a big gamble. I mean, sometimes Nintendo takes a risk and you get the Virtual Boy. And then sometimes they take a risk and you get the Wind Waker. And 20 years later, this is... It's a classic among classics, and no better song to, to start the show. But yeah, so the, sh the cel-shaded graphics, see, I'm, I almost did it there too. It's, to, <laughs> to me, I guess if I were going to sum it up, it's kind of like making a 3D model look like it's a 2D picture as part of the yeah, aesthetic like a, of the game. Like, again, not a cartoon, but a tune feeling to it sort of a have thing. Have you watched any of the show... The Dragon Prince on Netflix. No, I have not. So I was told um, my my daughter and I just finished watching Avatar: The Last Airbender twice, um, and now we're into Legend of Korra. I'm looking it up but now. Also, so I'm looking it we, up. We've heard that the Dragon Prince is really good if if you like Avatar. One of the main writer for the Dragon Prince was the main writer of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and the style of this show also came to mind when you talked about the cel-shaded graphics. I've only watched like half of the first season. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now and it absolutely looks like what I would say cel-shaded is. Because at first I couldn't tell if it was CG or hand-drawn. Um, it's a really, really unique presentation. And um, so yeah, that, that's a really good example, I think, of kind of what we're talking about. Um, but, you know, and you can achieve different effects with this style because Zelda um, looks different from Nino Kuni, which looks different from, like I said, Mad World. And of course, everybody's familiar with kind of the Dragon Quest style um, ever since. Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, since yeah. Dragon Quest 8, I think. Absolutely. So, um, one game that I think utilized cell shading very well, and I don't know if it's something you've played, but I know it's something you've definitely heard throughout your listening to video game music podcasts is Gravity Rush and Gravity Rush 2. Yes. That yes. game utilizes cell shading so beautifully that like, it's just, it's such a joy to play through those and games. And you know, it's funny, I haven't played it. Um, I am kind of a Nintendo purist, which a lot of people know. I don't have anything against the other consoles. I just, I don't have the time or the money to play everything. And so I kind of had to niche myself really early. Um, so I haven't played Gravity Rush. In fact, sometimes when I hear it, I get it mixed up with another game I can't think of the name of right now, but it's like a high-speed racing game that I know it came out on the Wii U. And it's either something Rush or Gravity something, and it's going to bug me until I figure out what it is. But anyway, but huh. yes, I know. I know there was San Francisco Rush on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> but a lot of people, a lot of people love, um, love that soundtrack. And so that was a really, really great pick, too. And not surprised to see a couple of the things you've got on here later on, which I, I won't spoil because you're going to announce them. But um, yeah, we'll talk about those later. I'm more worried about what you've chosen here, sir, because yes. you came prepared <laughs> with a heavy hitter selection of six songs that uh, really took me by surprise because you dug deep. I, I did. And I always do. That's kind of my uh, <laughs> that's my thing when I um, 
When I research for a show, sometimes there's something that I just, I know I'm gonna play. Like for example, on my list sometime this season, we're probably gonna do train songs. And I'm definitely going to play the the field theme from Spirit Tracks because that- I love that, that idea. I that. love that idea. You gotta do the haunted train from Final Fantasy VII. Like, there's so many good train. Now, now that I think about it, dude, you, that, that, that's such a good idea. And so like, so like for that one, I knew for a fact I was gonna play the the Spirit Tracks theme because I love it. It's the one that made me think of the idea. But beyond that, I'm not just gonna do like Bullet Bill Express from Mario 3D World, although I might because it's a great song, but I'm not just gonna do the really well-known ones. I always like to dig deep and kind of showcase something that I haven't really thought of before. And I actually did that with all of my tracks on this one because um, as I told you, I, I wanted to kind of really explore the world of this. So. This next block of tracks. Um, yeah, we're about to kick to your first block of three, so I'm really excited for this. So I'm going to say just a little bit about um, about the games. Would you like to play the songs first and then let me kind of talk about them, or do you want me to talk about them now and then they can listen? Yep. No, we'll actually play the tracks here real quick, and then when you and I come back, you can chat Perfect. about them. Sounds great. You're listening to Insane Motherhood from El Shaddai, released August 16th, 2011, composed by Masato Kouda and Kento Hasegawa.
You're listening to Let's Go With a Smile from Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter, released February 16th, 2003, composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. Listening to Strange Girl from Broken Sword 5, The Serpent's Curse, released December 4th, 2013, composed by Barrington Filon. Switch is my heavenly twitch is my 
tracks that you put on the playlist for tonight was um, Insane Motherhood from El Shaddai. This game looks friggin' crazy. I don't remember if this one is by Platinum Games, but it looks like it. Uh, it is that sort of 3D, like, action um, style game. It's actually based on the Book of Enoch, which is, um, it's one of the, like, the Gnostic books. It's an apocryphal book that's not really part of the canon Bible, but it's Enoch was the character, um, was the prophet in the Old Testament who supposedly didn't die. Um, it's, it, it was going through all the genealogies where like so-and-so lived 700 years, so-and-so lived 900 years, so-and-so lived 500 years. Enoch lived for 300 years and then the Lord took him away. It doesn't say he died, it just says God took him away. So, in the apocryphal book of Enoch, Enoch is actually, like, transported to heaven, becomes an angel called the Metatron, <laughs> and the full name of this game is El Shaddai, Rise of the Metatron, and so it's kind of like the story of Enoch becoming this angel. Um, yeah, I looked into this a lot, like, after you submitted this list, and it's a very interesting game. I wasn't even familiar with this game when you actually submitted this list, but apparently it got pretty apparently successful so, yeah. reviews. It's like one of the biggest games I've never heard of. <laughs> so, um, and the soundtrack fits that sort of eclectic flavor because it's got this mixture of like rock and orchestral and this kind of progressive style to it. And um, there were a few tracks that stuck out to me, but this one, it, it just, something about it clicked and I knew it would be, I knew it would be evocative if nothing else, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's got that it's got that, uh, you know, it's interesting that this game is based on, you know, a, a biblical non canon story because it does have a very uh, a holy feel mm -hmm. to the track yeah. with like the the kind of like the choir in the back kind of overarching over the whole it, thing. It's, Dude, it's a beautiful those, track. There's also that undercurrent where I think the insanity part comes in. It's got that undercurrent of like there's something sinister or something not quite stable going on here. Um, it actually reminds me, kind of in tone, and I think the game does as well, of the uh, the Philip Pullman um, His Dark Materials trilogy uh, with the Golden Compass and stuff like that. And there's some, for anybody who's familiar with that series, there I think might be some thematic elements here that are that are similar. Uh, Metatron actually appears in that series as well um, in a pretty pretty major way. Breath of Fire 5, you mentioned you've played this one. Um, I played the first two games, and when I saw this on the list, I decided to listen through. And I honestly picked this track, Let's Go With A Smile, because it was kind of light and happy, unlike all of the other ones I brought you. <laughs> and so... Um, Breath of Fire is one of those series that I wish Capcom would actually do something with again, and not just on a mobile device. Like, 
there's still so many fans behind this IP that want to see like a full fledged JRPG again. And this is dude, this is Hitoshi uh, Sakamoto. Like, an amazing Japanese composer, worked on Final Fantasy XII, worked on... I've met him. I have his autograph. I have a picture with him. Like, I am a big fan of Sakamoto, and he is just so good on this soundtrack. And, man, it's just so disappointing to talking about Breath of Fire. It's so disappointing. (laughs) Man, I, I... Was this the last one? Or was there... Yeah, it was. This was the last one before the um, Breath of Fire 6 on iOS and Android in Japan in 2016. So it was. This was it. (laughs) I mean, I think you guys have talked about this before on uh, Max Level, now called the Level Down Games podcast, where... I mean, if it if it's a 78 and that marks a low point in the series, that that really says something about the quality of the series as a whole. Um, and yeah, absolutely, so absolutely. Really cool. Like that's not a bad game. That's way above average, but still, like that's still their worst rated game. But that's just because they decided to go with something completely different. But man, Hitoshi Sakamoto nailed the soundtrack, and that's generally enough for me to yep. want to play your game. <laughs> I hear that, man. I hear that. So Broken Sword, I don't have a lot to say about it. It looks really cool. I know it was yeah, episodic. I, um, I've, That's I've all never I know. Heard of it before. I looked it up on here. Um, it looks pretty cool, kind of like an Indiana Jones sort of flavor to it. Um, uh, it's got got that sort of adventure feel. Um, it, it's a really nice example of cell shading. Uh, the graphics look really neat. But this song also just really stood out to me. I I don't have the same aversion to vocal tracks in video games that a lot of BGM podcasters do that I've heard. But it, well, you know I me, know. Bedroth. Yes. You know how yes, I am. We play a lot of vocal tracks here. <laughs> a lot of times they're a little bit just kind of meh to me, um, just depending on it. But uh, Alex was actually on a podcast uh, recently. Um, uh, it's called the Rock Out with Your Card Out podcast. He's another kind of uh, he, he's like an indie guy. Um, but they were they were playing games. It was a really cool idea. Um, I'm going to plug it because Alex was on it and it was awesome. But um, they were talking about songs that are like the odd ones out in their soundtrack that don't sound like the rest of the soundtrack. And there were several vocal tracks on there, um, one of which is really not safe for work. So just fair warning there for anybody who listens. But um, uh, like Life Light, Life Light from Smash Brothers Ultimate is apparently a polarizing song. I love oh, it. English version, Japanese great version, track whatever. Too. I love it. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love Strange it. Strange Girl yep. from The Serpent's Curse was fantastic. Like this is the kind of song that even my dad, who doesn't know anything about video game music, but hosts a rock and roll show every Saturday night. I would play this song for him and be like, hey, this is what I play on my show. Wait, does he do that on like traditional FM radio? Yes, he is a because um, I, I know you have ties to to actual radio broadcasting. That's, that's where, where that comes, comes from, from then. Uh, OK, he has a 50s, 60s, 70s and some 80s rock and roll show every Saturday night on um, 99.1 FM in Fairfield, Texas. Plug it. Town. Yeah. Listen, and plug it. Uh, you can find it if you search um, KNES Texas 99 on Google. We got you listeners in Texas. And, yeah, I know. Uh, 
7 p.m. to 11 p.m. every Saturday night. It used to be 6 to 12, but he's getting up there in years, so he's uh, he's starting to back out a little bit. But it's, it's great. But yeah, that's that's how I come by it. That's uh, I get it all, all from heaven. So, but he he would he would love that's this awesome. Song. Strange Girl was a really really fun. Yeah, it's track, it's super so. catchy too, and I like the actual sound of it. Just it's a good track, man. Good track. And uh, yeah, I've not played the game either, so it kind of makes me want to check it out because I know it was episodic, so I can't imagine. It would be too long. I think there was only three episodes, too. So one other self shaded game. This this idea keeps popping in and out of my head and I keep waiting for a good time to bring it up. And so I'm just going to bring it up. Um, it came out recently. Uh, it's free to play right now. And you'll probably think of it before I do. Um, but I was looking up some songs from it, from like trailers and such. And there was nothing really that stood out to me. But if anybody wants, like, a good idea of um, a cel-shaded game, I mean, you can go out and look at any of the games we're playing tonight, but uh, one that's kind of modern and that people are talking about right now, Spellbreak. Spellbreak, that's what it is, Spellbreak. Spellbreak is has been uh, kind of popular on Twitch as of late. I've seen a lot of people playing it. Def- a very unique take on a Battle it Royale, really I will say cool. that. I think that, didn't they do, are they the ones that did a crossover with Avatar recently, um, where there's, like, Avatar characters in it? Yeah, yes. that's... But the style looks really cool. It's perfect for that. I was underwhelmed by the music that I was able to find for it. Maybe because it's so new, I wasn't able to get. I think the entire game is potentially underwhelming. But (laughs) But as far as visual style goes, it looks fantastic. Speaking of cell shading, you guys have probably talked about this by now. But um, as of time of recording, just this week, the trailer for. Hyrule Warriors. The Isn't Calamity. that is so Man, amazing? It looks so amazing. Oh and my god, I can't wait. the other Warriors games, they are keeping the original art style of the source material. It looks like that cel-shaded Breath of the Wild look. And yeah, and they, they're even saying that this game is canon because yes. the original Hyrule Warriors right. wasn't they're canon. They're is because it tells the story and man they could yes. not have I'm so Dude, choice. I have goosebumps talking about it. Like it's they I can't wait, man. Breath of the Wild, another another great example of cell shading graphics. I know we're not playing anything from Breath of the Wild today, but that game, the way that it looks, um, it, man. it's a really good way to like upsell the graphical style of a game and like make it look better than the system is really designed to make things look like it's a really, really great aesthetic choice for things. Um, and we've, we've talked about killer seven a couple of times. People will be hearing from it really like in just a minute, but that's a really good example of that because it was yeah, a super early. We're about game to kick to it. <laughs> and it looks better than it should partly because of the way they did the cell shading. This one might actually be, I think I saw some claims on the internet that killer seven was the first main major cell shaded game because it was a uh, slightly earlier than the wind waker. I could see that because I think it came out right around the same time as the wind waker. Cause I know they were both GameCube. I, I don't know which one I think, I don't know which one came first, but I know they were kind of around the same time. So we're talking uh, about it. I think that's it. I think that's a good place to kick to it. Yeah, we're talking about it. Let's kick to your next block. We got three more amazing tracks coming up that we're going to listen to. So so let's go do that, and then we'll be right back. You're listening to Oh My Julia from Killer7, released July 7th, 2005, composed by Jun Fukuda.
Hello everybody, it's Kyle from The Media Files. And if you don't know what The Media Files is, what are you even doing? The Media Files is a pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. Every episode, a special guest and I will be talking about something happening in pop culture, whether it's movies, television, music, books, sports, video games, you name it, we'll talk about it. Subscribe to The Media Files on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you there. You're listening to Borderland Stream from Kalawarez Gunslinger, released May 14th, 2013, composed by Paul Blaschuk. You're listening to Soul from Mad World, released March 10th, 2009, composed by Naoto Tanaka. Let's 
trying to find my position in time to get it popping for I'm out of my mind. See, I be hot on the ground for a week at a time, like I be dead when I close my eyes. So I be sleeping one eye open, vision on my hopes and dreams with a desire that it burn till it's smoking. I'm on fire, ain't no need for provoking. My soul providing a fuel that'll keep me open. By any means, they still trying to control him and take away the light he holds so they can close him. But never that, there's no force to hold him down when he grabs that mic and goes in. I'm so far above what y'all is dealing with. I'm so close to the edge, I'm unlimited. I'm so diligent till the end, I'm killing it. And with my last breath, I exhale, spilling this. Lord, help me save my soul. I'm trying not to lose control. I'm trying not to lose control. But I might have to let it go. So, Lord, help me save my soul. I'm trying not to lose control. I'm trying not to lose control. But I might have to let it go. soundtrack <laughs> mad world is such a unique game in general it's it really is it's a hyper it's it's this black, black and, and white, white experience new, new, yes <laughs> yes which is the craziest thing because the wii and, and i and i know i'm very vocal about the wii i am not a big fan of the nintendo wii that's the big you know the big reason <laughs> that i never played through skyward sword i never finished mario galaxy mario galaxy 2 nintendo's erasing that one from history anyways it doesn't matter but mad world being a black and white game but having this like very 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 violent yeah i mean gameplay it's a black white and a red game <laughs> yes exactly the only other color is the red from the blood and it was so different for what the wii was because the wii when you think back you know mm -hmm. the family system the grandma system whatever you want to call it like everybody it was you know that there's a reason why it's you know it did as well as it did but this experience was so different yeah, it's almost like Nintendo thought, you know what? We never really did any like super hardcore games. Let's throw them a bone. And then and then they like pack it all into one game. <laughs> yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of um, uh, uh, Sin City. Sin City. Yep. Like the, the graphic Frank novels Miller. from Frank Miller. Sure. It reminds me a lot sure. of that. Yeah. Did you know? Um, so for anybody who hasn't. Actually and I think played, this was Platinum Games. I know I you mentioned them earlier. Early, I think this yeah, was, think platinum, was platinum that actually made this. Be yeah, because I know it was. I know it was the Sega game, and I know they had a, a working for relationship who hasn't with Platinum played at the time. This, I, if I remember, I played it a little bit back when it first came out. The premise is that you are this guy who's like stuck in this city, and this virus gets released that makes people go crazy and kill each other. Kind of something like that. Um, and the and but it's like so you go to this island oh it's like reality tv you go to this island and then there's cameras everywhere and then they release this virus so that everybody goes crazy and starts killing each other but it's for like entertainment and the whole time you're playing you have these announcers in the background that i swear is just like watching wrestling because you got these two guys just kind of ragging on each other the whole time one of them is John DiMaggio, and I did not know that until I was researching this. <laughs> I didn't either. I did not John know DiMaggio that. That's of, crazy. Um, uh, of course, you know, Bender on Futurama and uh, Jake on Adventure Time. 
Um, and yeah, he was totally, he was like the most foul mouthed of the announcers. <laughs> and you could tell he was having that's the time of his hilarious. life. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, you guys recently on your podcast, Very Good Music, a VGM podcast, uh, it was because this was composed by Naoto Tanaka. And he did a lot of work on the Mega Man X series. And I know you guys recently did a, an episode on, on Mega Man music. But what's really cool about that is he also did the music for the Phoenix Wright series, which that's, I'm a big fan crazy of. crazy because this was not a Capcom-related game, from what I remember. But And the soundtrack is nothing like anything you think of when you think of Capcom. But, but yeah, he, he did those uh, under at, at Capcom. He used a different name, okay, Akemi Kimura. Why... So That's Naoto Tanaka is Naoto Naoto Tanaka is the same That's guy really cool as a Kemi Kimura. I was like, I'm gonna have to fact check you, Brian. I don't remember that name, but now now it makes sense. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I re I read that he actually when I found that it was composed by a Japanese composer, I was a little bit um, surprised because it sounds so like authentically Western and. He, he did he did his research and it's and it's a very western yes, yeah. style game you know platinum mm -hmm. they make very western style but apparently games. like he, he would he would write it he would compose it and then they would give it to like the local rappers to to, to do the songs and then he would it would go back to him and he would like tweak it to make it sound better with the vocals in it it was a very collaborative process and it's it's a really cool soundtrack i would i'd highly recommend it alex messenger actually played um the the title theme it's a mad world on his podcast um recently uh, bgm journey and that's actually what made me think of this game yeah for i remember the show, so and let me see we've talked about killer seven quite a bit uh, yeah great else? track that was though man great track it's you know I don't really have much more to say about it because we kind of already talked about it. You know, it is unfortunate that we aren't getting No More Heroes 3 this year. That was oh, just yeah, recently was, delayed uh, until uh, right. until next year. This is my favorite Suda game, though. This Killer 7 is still my favorite Suda 51 game. It sounds game. super cool. Um, it reminds me of something else that I've thought of recently. Um, oh, 13. Uh, 13 actually kind of had the same kind of vibe to it where it's like this. Oh, which we played a yeah. track from that earlier, but that's actually a remake of that is coming out I in like two months. Both of them kind of have like this this like group of secretive people that are like assassins or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm thinking about. Okay. Because um, I actually saw both of these on the list of cell shaded games that I kept referring back to when I was looking up music, and I kind of kept getting them mixed up because I haven't played either one of them. I kind of skipped this generation of gaming. So. Um, <laughs> And then that leaves, I guess. Yeah, the interesting one that you chose, and, and the one that kind of took me by surprise the most was, because um, I didn't even, again, I knew of this series, but I didn't even know this was a cell-shaded game. Uh, and, but, I mean, it clearly is. Call this of War is Gunslinger. so cool. This and game looks really up, cool. Yeah, like, I looked up the video of it, and just to kind of get a feel for it and to prove to myself that it was cell-shading, because you can't really tell from the screenshots, but when you see it in motion, it, it, it comes out. It shows up. Um, it's got some of that, uh, I'm really doing a bad job tonight of remembering game titles. What is that? It's another black and white game, and the whole, like, premise is bullet time. Black and white um, bullet It came out time. recently on the Switch. I want to say something like Heat or oh, Hot. Oh, super, super Hot? Yeah, Super Hot. Um, so this has a little bit of that. You, you've got those kind of bullet time elements when you're out in, in, a, in the actual, like, third-person shooting part of the game. But the whole premise of this game is you're you're in this bar and you're listening to this old gunslinger tell this story. 
and he's an unreliable narrator, uh, which is it's a literary device where you kind of realize partway through that you can't really trust what the narrator is saying, and you kind of start wondering, well, what part's made up, what part's, what part's not real? One of the best examples of this in modern popular fiction is True Grit. Um, and so whenever he's telling the story, you're actually acting out the story he's telling as him. And so when one of the young guys who's listening to his story calls him out on something, he'll like change it slightly. And there's this one point in the game where he's like about to face this whole Apache army like head on. And then somebody was like, well, but wait, wasn't that army supposed to be over here when that happened? And he's like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. And so the army disappears and you're just like fighting a handful of guys. And it sounds so cool, but the music in this game is also really, really neat. It actually reminded me a lot of what I've heard of the um, the Red Dead Redemption soundtracks. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Very similar. Very similar. Uh, you know, a, being a you know Wild West Western type of, of game. Of <laughs> I'm actually really surprised that I haven't done something like that yet because I love that style of music. But since this is the last segment, I've, I've got you, Bedroth. I know the uh, the final tracks I've picked coming up. Um, you know, we are going to listen to Dragon Quest VIII, uh, Journey of the Cursed King, but the 3DS version, not the PS2 version, even though I've never played the 3DS version. Um, Which the is soundtrack's crazy just that, a little that bit the, better. The music on a but... 3DS is better than the PS2. That just... <laughs> yeah, yep. it, I just, I think it sounds better. I think it sounds really much better. Dragon Quest VIII is a lot of people's favorite game in the series, and um, it... The music it's is mine. Really, really it's nice. my favorite Dragon like Quest, easily. Yeah, um, and it's, I mean, you know, the same composer since the beginning, Koichi Sugiyama, man is like 90 years old, yep. like, he's still going strong. It blows my mind every day that he's still out there making music for Dragon Quest, because he loves it so much. I wonder if in, you know, 20, 30 years, I'm not sure how old he is, but if that's going to be Motoi Sakuraba on the Tales series, <laughs> because he's kind of got that same. I would think mm -hmm. so, which we're playing from, you know, Tales of Vesperia. I, I, I can imagine, you know, Sakuraba, like, just not letting go, <laughs> like, you know, no, this is mine. He's definitely made his love, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and he's one of uh, Shukapao's favorite composers Abs absolutely. because of that, because he loves absolutely. the Tales series, especially Symphonia. He's he's all about oh, that. Oh, really? Tales of Symphonia really? is one of his favorite games, for sure. And of course, you had to slip in something from Dark Cloud 2. I have um, to, man, the... because I need to keep reminding Sony <laughs> that we want a Dark Cloud 3. I will do yes, everything do. in my power to continue to remind Sony that Dark Cloud 3 needs to happen. Plus, this track, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it yet. It's freaking I beautiful. To all of your tracks and this one i was actually a little bit surprised you didn't use this as the play out because it is the perfect play out track it's, it is but then i so put great. like i thought jet set radio was so different that i was like you know what i'll stick that at the well, play out and <laughs> because honestly it's musically it's not as much my cup of tea but for a lot of people in the in the vgm podcast world they love this soundtrack uh prof jeff my friend who was on my 11th episode um, 11, uh, the the religious themes episode actually the one that like my first connection with you guys because i had that idea around the same time that you did your religious episode um he loves the jet set radio soundtracks and this game is a like an iconic cell shaded game so you start out with the absolutely wind waker, you one of the best jet set radio it makes sense it's a good bookend yep so, and it made it tadeki naganuma man freaking so yeah, amazing <laughs> Bedroth, this was an absolute pleasure, man. I'm so happy that you were able to join me on this episode. And uh, like you and I were chatting about before we actually started recording, uh, we're, we're going to try to get you on every couple months because I want you to be in the regular rotation of second chairs for BG Mania. 
You're you're better at this than me. Oh, People aren't even going to want to listen to me anymore. No. They're going to want you to take over BG Mania at this listen, point. I, I would be <laughs> so honored if anybody wants to throw a little attention the way of my little show. Please um, do. Everyone needs to go check then, you out. Tell them where they can. Uh, okay, okay. Um, I, I am going to say my show would not exist if it weren't for guys like Brian and the, the work that they put in week in and week out. My show is only every other week, and I struggle to get it in sometimes. I don't know how Brian does it and his other podcasts. It's just, it's crazy. I do six a week now, Medroth. <laughs> Come on crazy. now. <laughs> it's, and so, but it's my full-time job. You have to remember, I'm not going anywhere true. else. That is very true. My hosting is done on uh, anchor.fm slash VGM VGM. Uh, fairly easy to remember. <laughs> and I love it, dude. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can also find me on Patreon slash VGM VGM. Um, we've we've got a few patrons already, and it's 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 pretty cool. I tried to make it really interactive. My patrons get perks like uh, being able to vote in a poll on um, some of the episodes we're going to do that season, uh, being able to pick an episode topic at a higher tier, um, and a couple of patrons have actually gone up to the highest level where they get um, a a sprite and a little theme song uh, composed by my son Shukapau. And they for for Alex Messenger, for example, we made him a little hockey themed sprite that looks like a Mega Man X sprite. And uh, Shukapau composed him a little um, kind of a little rockin' tune. And uh, they had a lot of fun and he really liked it. So, you know, we've got some perks there. Patreon.com slash BGM. And even might if you need don't, to get uh, Shukapau to compose something for me here soon for something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see. We will, we will have to see. <laughs> Let me know. He's uh, I mean, if you go and look at his stuff on Flat.io, he's been so prolific. I'm going I've got like, I'm going to. I've got like eight things I've composed in the last like five years, and he's got how many tracks do you have now? Uh, <laughs> um, he, he, it's crazy, but flat.io, um, and his pro, his uh, username is Lloyd Irving for Smash. If anybody wants to check him out there, he is also on Twitter. I am not, but uh, he is on Twitter at Shoot Kapow, and it's spelled like you would think it is. He has 112 tracks on flat.io. <laughs> Dang, that's a <laughs> that's lot like of what tracks he does in his spare time. So it's uh. It's, it's crazy, man. Um, and let me see where else. Oh, so if you go to YouTube, I do post videos, and pretty soon I'm going to start posting previews again. That's like the only thing you can't get on your podcatcher is the preview episodes because we play a song from the game that we're going to be featuring, and I show some screenshots and talk a little bit about what it's going to be. And that comes up. That, yeah, it's that a cool idea. Weeks, it's a cool idea. Um, when the show does not come out. But I don't have a, enough followers yet to have like a fancy YouTube URL. So just go to YouTube and search VGM podcast and I'll pop up, especially if you search very good. Yeah, music I think I, I think I just search very good music episodes, and you're the first so. thing that pops oh, up for cool. me. So um, but very I subscribe. Cool. But everybody should go out there and subscribe. Let's try to get Bedroth bumped up to uh, I believe you need 100 subscribers on YouTube to be able to get your own URL. So let's uh, it's let's try to do that already. Subscribe to Level Down Games on YouTube. And of course, Brian will tell you all. Where, appreciate it. We're appreciate it. But chances are, if you're listening, you already we got it. a large audience, man. It's all about you this week. We need to get people listening to very good music because the uh, the back and forth that you have with your son on that show is something that's not done anywhere else. You know, like I, I, I know we're we're kind of a unique show. We do a different format now. And you have this uniqueness about it, too, because there really isn't a father son combo out there and kind of getting to hear the the back and forth that you guys have and 
Dude, it, it's it's a very very fun That's show to listen really to. That's really great to hear, man. And it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I love it, and I know that we're both going to be grateful for it in years to come. And it was you know it was almost an afterthought uh, for a little peek behind the curtain. I was just going to do like a solo show, and there are some guys out there who I'm friends with now who do a great job doing solo shows. Uh, you and I were talking earlier about uh, Drew Mackey from Singing Mountain, and he's been on hiatus for a while, but he's one who he just has that that personality where he could carry a solo show. I think I could. I definitely talk enough for it, but um, <laughs> but I just had this thought. You know what? It might be fun to bounce ideas off of. I'll just see if uh, you know if he's interested. And I asked him, and he was like, uh, "Yeah, that sounds cool." And we never looked back. So it's been a lot of fun. So thank you so much for uh, you know giving me a chance to kind of uh, get out there and maybe get my get my voice in a few more people's ears. If you liked what you heard today, um, then yeah, after you listen to next week's episode of BG Mania, come check us out. The next episode we're doing is actually a little bit of an homage to the Supermarcata Bros, who Brian has mentioned on the show before. If you know about VGM Podcast, you probably know who they are. They did an episode back in 2016 about something that they dubbed the Five Finger Fanfare. I remember, remember that, episode, that episode. It's yeah, the, it's yeah, the, where they, da, 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 da. It, it's if like the same... Of, yeah, exactly. The same five notes or whatever. It's like everything always starts out that exact same way. I dude, I remember that episode, then, man. I have that's heard cool. this like everywhere. And so eventually I started keeping track of the songs where I heard it. And then Shukapau was doing the same thing. And we decided we were going to have our own episode. And I talked to Will and Carl about it and got their uh, got their um, blessing for it. We actually play a little audio of them describing what it is because they can do it better than I can. Um, and that's going to be our next episode and we've got a fun season coming up so i'm excited to for y'all to hear what that is i'm also excited brian to hear what you've got coming up. we have a lot of and, interesting uh, things I've in really the works enjoying, that i've not been able yep, to talk yep, about yep. And I, <laughs> I think that's really cool we have a lot you of interesting things in the works who has that kind of thing where where you've almost got oh what's it called where the press can't talk about something yet um <laughs> ndas man i yep. actually I, I sign NDAs, ndas all the yep. time yeah, I have to sign NDAs all the time. I know who has to sign NDAs, and that's that's super cool. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's, I sign that's, NDAs that's all the time cool. for reviews. And, um, yeah, but I've really been enjoying the new formats, and um, it's you're able to pack a lot of great music without the like bloating the shows like listen length, which is really nice for people like me who um, are currently commuteless because of COVID. <laughs> But man, it's been a blast. Thank you so much for having me on tonight, man. This set list has been fantastic, and it's been really fun to explore this side of gaming that I haven't really explored a lot of before. So thanks again. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were here. And like I said, we'll have you back soon, very soon, every couple months if we can. But for now, let's kick to my last block of tracks, and then I'll be back to close the show out right when we're done. You're listening to To A Vast World from Dragon Quest VIII Journey of the Cursed King, the 3DS version. Released January 20th, 2017, composed by Koichi Sugiyama.
You're listening to Time is Changing from Dark Cloud 2, released February 17th, 2003, composed by Tomohito Nishiora. I'll take my chances, racing time, rewriting the book for all to see on my own. I can't ride the winds of change to heal a broken time, a broken world. In the dark, I can't erase the sun. To light, I'm away back home. It's a dream. It's a home that one day will be free. Give me strength to open up the door.
you're listening to Furnace of War from Tales of Vesperia, released August 26, 2008, composed by Motoi Sakuraba. That is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel, that's youtube.com forward slash games and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash games and click that follow button. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook would be the place to do so. Check that description box for the appropriate links, and in that description box, you will, of course, find a link to our Discord server. Click it, join it, and interact with us. So this is about the time where I normally announce what's coming next week. However, this format has allowed for me to record things in advance and move things around freely. So as of recording time, I cannot say with certainty what next week's episode will actually be. Because of this, we might start leaving next week's episode a surprise. 
Taking us out of this episode, though, we're going to be taking a listen to The Concept of Love from Jet Set Radio Future, released February 25th, 2002, composed by Hideki Naganuma. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. Free love, free love, the two. 